Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. show and in the larger marketing internet in general a thing we hear a lot about is community oh you, you got to build community you just said you got to foster community we need community community is so important you know i'm just all about community what the heck does that mean right what is community in the context of brand building of brand awareness and it, is that the only reason we want to do it is like this absolutely selfish need to drive brand awareness without burning dollars at the altar of Facebook? Maybe. Maybe that's a part of it, but I think there's a lot more to community. I know my career has benefited both from being in and participating in various communities, uh, as well as later developing our own community. We've got uh, this audience and the uh, these podcast listeners and our, our Facebook group, which is you know, into thousands of members with with daily active participation. And so I have experienced and I see the value in it. And I have a, a handful of brands, clients that we work with that have been able to foster communities. And it really, those brands, when we we talk to those customers, have utterly, just unbelievably loyal customers. I think that is a huge benefit to community. Based on the very few people I've worked with who have been able to foster communities like that, I think it's either a lot harder than it sounds, you know, it's more than just like, yeah, we started a Facebook group, what more do you want from us? Or, you know, just, I hired a social media manager, good enough. Like, wh I don't know, I need to know more, I need to dig in. And so I have someone who has joined me today, Caitlin Teed who is currently a, a rather a creative marketer, a relationship builder who specializes in community and partnerships. She is a delight, but she lives, breathes e-commerce tech because she spent many years growing up and developing those skills at Shopify. Yes, the mothership. And she has now is going to join us and talk about those community efforts. Now, we'll, we'll hear where she's at and why we should listen to her, but first... I'm your host, Kurt Elster, Tech nasty. and this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you so much, Kurt. Oh my gosh. I think we could just end it right there. You did a great job. So many questions unanswered. You know, let's just throw it out into the ethos and see what happens. But thank just you so much for wanting more. Yeah, right? That that's the whole point of community. People come back. They're like, wait, 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 what's next? What's next? I'm hooked. I'm curious. I'm excited. I'm eager. And I'm so happy to be back here with you and um yeah, and and be on this podcast, which has been a dream of mine for so long. So thank you for making dreams come true, Kurt. <laughs> my my pleasure yeah wow we really we're really hyping each other up here i know um, i love it you were at shopify in the past for many years and we interacted quite a bit during that time no longer where are you now i left the mothership to just hop onto another amazing ship uh and a bit of a different tra trajectory but still on the same e-commerce path i'm working at rider e-commerce by whiplash now we do warehousing and fulfillment for uh all kinds of amazing brands uh, in the e-commerce space, a lot on Shopify as well. So I like was telling you earlier, I've kind of pulled the curtain a bit back on the e-commerce world. We talked so much about, you know, getting those followers and that marketing dollars, but I, my curiosity led me to the place where things actually happen and things ship and we warehouse and fulfill and this very age old industry that's existed forever in commerce and now how it's married to e-commerce. So kind of marrying my curiosity with this amazing, amazing tech and this world that's ever growing and changing. And you say it, it, it's Whiplash by Ryder. Ryder acquired Whiplash. Yes. Whiplash is like the 3PL. Exactly. Ryder, is Ryder, is it like the rental trucks? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they, they were getting into the e-commerce space as well and they saw what Whiplash was doing and then they're like, you know what, let's just join forces here. Um, so that is how that occurred. Yeah. Earlier this, uh, late last year. This this new role at Whiplash, many years at, at Shopify. Where does community fit in all that? Like, why am I listening to you of all people about community? <laughs> You're like riding around in rental trucks. What's going on? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked, Kurt. I go back to to Shopify and go back to, to tech and start there and say that when I was at Shopify and the first time I actually met you, I was a partner manager. And there's something about partnerships as being such a young craft in the same way that community is. And I think they feed off each other a lot. So when I was a partner manager, I was managing relationships one-on-one -on -one a lot of the time, working directly with folks like yourself and others uh, in the space that were working with Shopify customers and helping them. And there was this ecosystem, essentially. Uh, and we really realized there was an opportunity to leverage that ecosystem and have folks like yourself or others teach others to do the amazing work that you do and not just be Shopify as like that point of contact that everyone relies on, but like there is this whole external group of folks here that are interested in learning from each other and being able to help each other grow and learn and evolve. So there's this interesting intersection of community and partnerships. And I did that a lot of my time at Shopify and that led me to events that led me to doing a lot of like uh, virtual um, opportunities and connecting folks, kind of like matchmaking, like, hey, I see that we're having similar issues here. We're trying to build a sub-community here of theme developers. What is it that you're looking for? And so on and so forth. And it kind of intersects into the partnerships world because my job right now is to connect these amazing tech partners with our, our warehousing systems, um, but also helping them learn from each other in a lot of ways too and seeing similarities in, in the spaces they're trying to get into. It's interesting to hear you talk about it as you know, in the past tense as someone who is on the other side of what I experienced, because when people ask me, go, 
some variation, some flavor of the question, why Shopify? Like, why, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And my answer, the number one reason was always, it's the ecosystem. And yeah. like ecosystem, really, I meant like, all right, partner enablement, the accuracy of documentation. So like the resources of the supporting tools and then the community itself and then all the efforts, the events, everything that went into creating that community, which was those partnerships. And so, all right, I see the the larger piece here and I see how like community can balloon into this huge thing. Can we define community in the context of an e-commerce brand? Because we don't all have multi-billion dollar Shopify resources here. No, not today, but I hope everyone that's listening does eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is something that comes up so often. And I think it even happened at Shopify. Internally, what happened is a lot of different folks were adopting the title community. They were doing a variety of different things at the company that I found never really aligned to anything. So I feel like there's always been this misalignment, whether you are, you know, just trying to sell candles or or, or some some product to you're trying to like, you know, work for a mega company and be like, I want people to feel connected to our company. I want our customers to be obsessed with us and never leave us. There's just this, this symbolism of like loyal, you said it earlier, Kurt, like loyalty. And I think there's something there around community, not being your audience. It's not a one-to-one. It's like that, the one-to-many, but also the many-to-the-many. And that's where community truly comes in. And it's less of this, like, you know, we would say like, oh, the blog, like, oh, our community. And I was like, no, that's your audience. Like a community would be like, okay, like the blog goes out, but then we have a roundtable discussion with the with the authors and the contributors, and we get people to come together and speak and learn from each other about this, and you know, be able to connect and and foster foster something bigger than what is put out there. So I don't really have an answer, a defined definition of community, because I do think it's. I also I don't want anyone find to find it though. I you did. Right. <laughs> the the difference I'm hearing is. If I've got, when I'm like, all right, there, if it's one-to-one, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily community. If it's one-to-many, maybe it's community, not necessarily. But it's in, as soon as the audience themselves can interact with each other, independent of you, but like in a way that you enabled, potentially, that's community. Is where now it starts to get this grassroots feel. And maybe that's a little scary because it could potentially be out, you know, it's starting to be outside of your control. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. It's like it enable it and let it flourish. Oh, Kurt, you put the nail on the head there. And I think there was times even at Shopify where people were like, oh no, our partners are talking in these like closed communities. We want access to them. I was like, no, this is good. This is what we want. And and knowing that there were like, there were always champions in those communities. And there were also people who I know were very vocal about their, you know, the the difficulties and the struggles they were having, but they were able to lean on each other in that space. And it never feel like it was always like, it's like that domino effect where they could lean on each other rather than just like constantly pushing on Shopify. Or if they were, if they did push back on, on a company or a brand because they were having a, a, a poor experience, it came from a, a, like a place of consolidated feedback and consolidated experience where it's not just a one-off. I would always be disappointed when someone would say like, oh, I just had a great conversation with a customer. We have to change everything. Stop the presses. This one person knows everything. I was like, but, but who are they in the community? Is, is this someone who has spoken to other consumers or buyers or, or people in that space? Do we trust them enough to, to be able to provide that feedback? That's why someone like yourself is so, I'm just going to say, like very well respected in that space because you have your communities of, of customers and of partners and of people that 
you know what you're doing and you've elevated yourself as an expert. And it's so important for brands to acknowledge and identify who those people are and celebrate them. I I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I will absolutely. Yes. That's my shoulder. Like, just there. brush off my shoulder. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, as when you're trying to develop this community, partnerships are an important part of it, but not the whole thing. That's like a tactic within the larger community strategy. Who am I partnering with? What am I looking for? How is that different? It's a good question. And I mean, when I think about the types of partners and and companies and people and consumers, whoever that we want to align with, like it goes beyond just fitting like your ideal customer profile. It goes into actually like value-based systems. So if you look at, and I'm just kind of like spitballing here, but like um, hopefully not actually spitting into my beautiful new microphone, but thinking about some of the most successful companies have been able to identify what their mission and their manifesto is. And one brand I was going to bring up that does this really well is like Liquid Death. And they have like literally their manifesto written on their website. They have membership-based things and they, they're building this community around their manifesto. And the, and the thing is that they believe it as much as their consumers and as people who, you know, want to sell and resell them, those the partners in their space, whoever they are aligning their business with, if it doesn't reach back to that manifesto and the belief system that they hold behind their brand and behind the experience they're trying to build beyond just a product. And that's where things get really like that flywheel really starts kicking off because people will feel so much more connected to you and the wheels will keep spinning and they'll keep coming back to you. When I hear someone doesn't know what liquid death is, I become the biggest brand advocate in the world for them. Even though I've only like experienced them through like, you know, my first time in Vegas, like there was like a big pile. I was like, what is this? This looks cool. Like you've never heard of liquid death. Oh my God. It's the best thing ever. Like, you know, they're just like redefining the way that water is drank. I was like, who <laughs> on, like, this is like the best thing since sliced bread. I'm like, where, where was this? So I think my long-winded way of answering your question is like when they're trying to find people to partner with, and I think the word partner is a beautiful way of representing not just other businesses that you're aligning yourself with, but but other big advocates in your space, um, people that believe in what you're trying to achieve and can help you get there. So there's so one of the the magic ingredients here is really being defining defining your story, telling your story. And whether that's like you know, we've got a narrative about the brand or what we're looking for or like there's a vision, no matter what you there's a story that you need to own as part of the brand. And some customers are going to buy your product because, all right, I'm going to buy Liquid Death because I like seltzer water and death metal branding. I think it's cool. Right. <laughs> there's like novelty for that. Or maybe yeah. I really into the story there. And though, you know, for me, I'm going to like, I'll buy Liquid Death, I'm going to like it. But the person who buys into the story on top of the product, they're the ones who are going to be involved with the community. And then the, having the community, being a part of it, gives them a sense of belonging. Now they're brand evangelists. Oh yeah. my gosh. The big, their biggest fans will be the people who, yeah, like, believe. I, okay, so I have this book in front of me that I forgot I had. And it's like, hear me out, but it's called The Culting of Brands. And I originally bought it when I started working at Shopify because I was so curious about how there were people who were so ingrained in the system and how people just not in the system, but even just like such a like. Shopify changed their life in a lot of ways or like whether it be how they worked with it or or how they were a customer. So and I think there is this like like you said there's always this age-old storytelling aspect of it and people will 
follow the stories that they align with the most or that they see the most like hope and belief in. Uh, and you can't buy that. You can't buy belief. People need to feel it or experience it as a part of that, that story, like you said. And, and you know, you, you build fans and you build followings, but, but are your followers actually, you know, going to go to bat for you? And are they going to be, you know, the ones that are there when, if you fall and if maybe you, you know, you don't, you aren't delivering on what you promise, like, are they, are they going to be the ones that give you that feedback and help you be better as a brand? If someone's listening to this and going, this is total nonsense. These two need to come off it. Think about this. Like, they're like, how much value could there really be in, you know, 200 words of story on an about page or whatever? Consider this. The cornerstone of the success of the Disney empire Mm. is that they own our stories. Yep. Tens of millions of people will go to just the Orlando park this year and spend untold sums of money. And the like Disney Plus is the number one streaming platform at the moment. Yeah. What are all of these things? What do they have in common? What is the thing they're selling us? It's the stories. It's the stories yep. that people connect to. Why do you pay a billion dollars for Star Wars? Because you're just like, wow, there is just so many stories to plumb here. And these are stories <laughs> that now millennials grew up with as kids. Like that, it's our it it it's culture. And so if you can if you could tell a story that you believe in. I think like that authentic, there's the other buzzword in addition to community is authenticity. Oh, authenticity is not authentic. (laughs) I blame social media for us like really desperately wanting something authentic, which only makes it worse. Um, The, it's a like that, that need to connect with something with that story is how you, and community is where you go, oh, there are other people like me. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Kurt. I think, I mean, Disney's one of the brands that I did write down as oh, really? being, yeah, no, it's like on my list of like, we got Disney. I mean, think about even Starbucks, like the, the cult following of Starbucks and, and how, you know, you have this like image of the Starbucks girl who has the complicated order. Like there's, and I know it's, it, it's very trivial and like, it's, it, that's very like one thing, but there is something there that like, you know, I can't have, I can't start my day without my Starbies. Like there's like something, there's a storyline there. Starbies, not Starbies. ironically. No. It's over for me. <laughs> I mean, it real. I think one of the other coolest communities I've ever seen, I mean, think about Fitbit and Peloton. Think about these ama- these huge brands in the fitness space, Gymsharks, like, like that are just owning the story and owning the narrative of like fitness can be better. And like there are people going through similar struggles and similar challenges, but also want to have a shared similar um uh, like, like the Fitbit isms and like the Pelotons, like there's that challenger, like I'm going to level up, I'm going to keep leveling up my game. And I like seeing other people like that I can compare, like kind of that comparison as well. Like, like, oh no, I'm like the best Peloton in my, in my, in my group or something. There's, there's something there about like, the, not even just the story, but the story arc. And when things start getting like really exciting and can, you can come to that, um, you know, the peaks and pits of what makes a story worth telling. Do you still use a horse and buggy? How about a fax machine? 
No? Then don't use a regular Shopify theme when you can use Zipify Pages. Just ask this Zipify user. Zipify Pages. I just found that it converts so much better than any Shopify theme I have used before. And you can create high converting landing pages in really the matter of minutes. Zipify Pages is a powerful landing page and sales funnel builder on Shopify. All their templates are tested and proven by a $155 million e-commerce brand. So you know their stuff actually works. You can copy entire templates, like opt-in pages, product pages, and holiday promotions, or use the drag-and-drop builder to create your own custom layouts. Then publish your pages directly onto your Shopify store. Plus, all pages are optimized for mobile, and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,500 Shopify merchants. To start your free 14-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. So... The cornerstone, it starts with storytelling, and then it turns to enablement. Like, hey, here's, like, this is the community. These are, like, we're going to give you tools. We're going to highlight people. We're going to do things to empower this community to happen. But it, yes. it feels like it, it's something you can't force to occur. Yeah. There is no guarantee that you can make it happen. You can in give people all the tools and invite them in, but it's yeah. still up to them. A hundred percent. And I think that's where your even comment about authenticity earlier. People won't act on things necessarily unless they feel they feel good about it and they feel that, you know, because I've seen I've seen failures of this as well too. If it's like we're thinking about, you know, think about like membership-based services or or even like loyalty programs and like they don't work for everyone. And there's certain people who really jive off of that. Like, and the concept of Fitbits, like they have one of the most active, thriving online communities I've ever seen. When you look at their forums, it's it's an amazing. Like people strive to have forums as active and as um, as helpful and community focused as the Fitbit community. But that doesn't jive for me because I don't care for Fitbits. I don't care for having a little arm wristband you telling got that me. You Apple Watch, don't I, you? I don't even have an Apple Watch, Kurt. Can you believe that? You no, know, neither do I. I yeah, see. We're just like, see? I like my Casios. I just yeah. like my cheap Casios. They're the best. <laughs> I have a movement watch from when they were like like way back in the day. So I hold Good on to that movement. dearly. Good old movement. Another cult brand following. Like when I got finally, like I remember meet, and this is another thing too, is like accessibility to like the people who are behind the stories, like meeting the founder of movement watches. That was such a cool experience for me and getting to like see and hear how they built their success. And, you know, they were, they won like build a business Shopify's first ever competition for store owners to like, you know, level up their game and make the most sales. And they I love that story. Business? They won the first build a business. Yeah. And then went on to just, I don't know it off the top of my head, but that one was extraordinarily successful. Yeah. You know, and they won the opportunity to like get some, some one-on-one -on -one time with like Tim Ferriss and Harley and like all these folks. And like, who knows if that, like, and that's the thing is you can't, that's what they were community. Island? They were on, yes, they were. Yes, I Richard think that was. Richard Branson's private yes. island, Necker yep. Island. Yeah, he was there too. Yeah. I almost forgot. <laughs> How can you forget Richard Branson? My apologies. My apologies, Richard, if you're listening. Sorry, Sir Branson. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, but I mean, and Kurt, I'll never even forget the first time you told me, because I remember asking you, how did you first hear about Shopify? And this is the, this is the, this is the pain and the pleasure of community is that, trying to pinpoint it to like a direct ROI is almost impossible. But I remember you telling me we were at a conference together and you were like, I think I saw them at some booth 
at some other developer or design conference I was at. And I was like, oh, this seems cool. Like maybe I'll start dabbling in this. And like, but that was like the spark, right? And, and that, I yeah, mean, I, maybe I that story's wrong, but people <laughs> yeah. talk about it. And I started seeing it around and then I bought like, um, I bought like a web development book and it definitely like the notif I was thought, well, this was really easy to buy. And the, the notification, there was something where I saw it was like powered by Shopify. And then I had a friend who owned a bike shop local and he goes, I want a new website. I hate our website. I said, well, okay, what just give me, tell me your number one thing that you want out of this. He goes, it just has to be easy. And I go, I think there's this thing called Shopify. And like, that's their whole thing is that it's easy and it's an online store. We should try that. And then I get like, not knowing what we didn't know, just went and built a custom. I went and just designed a custom theme, like really having no business doing that and then developed it. <laughs> and then unbelievably, not only were we successful, that site is still up. Stop. It's still there. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Every so often I, I look at it and I'm like, look at that. And it's got like photos on it that I took. It's amblingcycle.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, you better. Uh, now I'll buy a new bike. <laughs> funny. That's so, um, see, and that's that's where that ROI and that, exp like, how do you track that? You just, it, but, it, yeah, but you, you can't. feel it. You feel but it. But that was community is what did exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Because I just kept seeing, like I was on, I was active on Twitter at the time. Um, and like, not that I'm not now, but I was, and like, it, I would see it mentioned and it eventually it makes it top of mind when you, when that scenario lines, the stars align and someone goes like, well, what should I do? Should I use, what should I use for e-commerce? I'm like, yeah. here's this thing. But you're right. It is like, basically it would be incredibly difficult to measure in a meaningful way. Like you talk yeah. to people, you could do surveys. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, that's why I think people shy away from it a lot. Or they think, oh, community is the number of Twitter followers we have. I was like, that's not a community. That so, <laughs> all right. So social media, just so we're clear, social media audience, not in itself community. No, not from my perspective, but I'd love to see someone challenge me on the comments on that. But I am not, I, I know. The way that now, now who you have, like, you know, there's companies who have like brand banter and people who can symbolize and represent in the space, but there needs to be dialogue. It's not that one to many and it needs to be engaging and it needs to be, and, and that your followers aren't, aren't your people in your community. They're not your brand advocates. They're not necessarily like people that even know who you are. Could be a robot for all we know, but like the community that you're building should really be fueled and fulfilled by people who believe in your manifesto, who are actively engaging in, in, activities that you put out there, membership programs, loyalty programs, like any kind of multi-effective multi things. If they don't feel comfortable in person, are they attending, you know, are they engaging with you in other ways? Are they providing you feedback? Are they filling out customer uh, forms? Are they giving you reviews? Are they referring new business to you somehow, some way? So. So what are the, I've, I've got a good sense of what community is and isn't here. I definitely mm -hmm. understand the advantage and it seems like the, the disadvantage is like if you're really into moderation and control yeah. and you're really successful at this, those things are not compatible. Yeah. Um, and, but that's a you know, good problem to have. If it's like, oh, my community is so thriving, it's out of my control. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. Um, it's now self-sustaining. Yeah. And Reddit. <laughs> yeah, like Reddit. Yeah. Um, but within, like, what are the, what are my activities here? Like, what are the the community fostering things? Mm -hmm. Am I building a forum? Is it a Facebook group? Is it like a subreddit? What is it? Could be anything. And that's the thing is like, it's not going to be a one, 
one and done thing. And it's not, and like you even said, like it's, it's about resource, like ensuring there's proper resources assigned to it. I think community at the heart of it can be as simple as, you know, can be uh, like a round table activations. It could be like bringing your, 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 some of your top customers into a room together, like treating them, delighting them. It's a surprise and delight moment. It can be an event. It can be a luncheon. It can be, it can be, it, it needs to be an opportunity for them to engage with each other and for you to learn from that experience if you can. And if you can't, then also acknowledging that it's great that those folks are getting together. We held an, a, a dinner recently for a bunch of brands in New York and the brands were obviously way more excited to see each other than they were us, but we helped facilitate it. And we were very excited that that brand felt good about being invited because they knew so-and-so was going and they could ask them about how they're preparing for BFCM and what they're doing with these challenges they're experiencing. And that's the authenticity there that you're fostering. So it's about these opportunities to create and foster authenticity and being okay with not necessarily controlling it. So that is things like events, luncheons, surprise and delight with special gifts. Um, Membership programs are getting really hot right now. Um, Are there ways that you can make people feel extra special, but also find ways they can connect to each other? So membership only programming, um, mastermind groups, Gosh, there's probably a million more things that I'm not even thinking about that I know brands out there are doing. Uh, it's a trip to Disney and learning how to tell a story. I don't. There's there's a lot there, but there's things that we all like know. We feel. Sounds like you're a big fan of in-person events. I know. It's, it's you. You mentioned the dinners. I've noticed you'll see like it, being in this community on Twitter. It'll be like, oh, we had a dinner in X city, and it'll be like a major city. They'll have hosted, you know, like 10 to 20 people, which isn't cheap. But then those people all connected. Those people have have positive feelings about you. Like you don't, you're not giving them a pitch. They're not going to remember what you said, but they are going to remember how you made them feel. Yes. And you made them feel like part of a community. Yes. Aha. And then those people are like, you do it at a nice place and it's super, it feels exclusive. It's super cool. You're proud of it. Now you're going to share it. you take that group photo, you get the waiter to take the group photo, it's going to be on social media. And that's how I see it. Like, I'll be on Twitter. And it's like, oh, like, like a bunch of these heavy hitters went out to dinner. How cool. But it's really it was like fostered by one brand. <laughs> um, Kurt, you hit the nail on the head there. It's my absolutely favorite quote. And it's not even directly about community, but it's from Danny Myers, who started Shake Shack. And it said, business, just like life is all about how you make people feel. It's that simple. And it's that hard. And it is one of my favorite quotes, and I remember reading it in his book called Setting the Table, which is a lot about hospitality. And I think there's something in there about that hospitality, understanding that you are helping foster an experience or a feeling or a vibe, but you don't necessarily own the narrative. If you're if you're hosting someone at like a party or a house, you're not like in the hotel room with them. You're, you're dropping off the bags and being like, enjoy yourself, but you're making sure that there are touch points there. Like what's the mint on the pillow? That's going to make them remember that experience. I remember someone telling me once that they were at this amazing hotel. And I'm just using this as like some for the hotel as the example of like a collection of getting people together or an experience or something you go out to do. But they had left their hotel room to like go for a swim or something. And the like the someone had noticed and like and made sure that they had a, a towel right next to them. So that when they got out, they weren't going to be like wet and stinky. And I'm like, those are the kind of things that as a brand, no matter what you're selling or what you're doing, or as a business, thinking about what that meant on the pillow, what that extra special touch experience is, that's going to make them walk away with a feeling. Um, and it, it is really, you're going to get the most out of that 
by helping them connect with others that are feeling and experiencing similar things too and help it feel a part of a shared experience. Like you said, that photo that you're like, oh, I have FOMO now and look at all those great people all together. They probably had the most amazing life-changing conversations and I can't wait to be invited to the next one. And it's not like this is some inaccessible thing that brands can't do. Like no. every you, you've gone to a restaurant before, you've hosted a <laughs> dinner, yeah. like this. Yeah, it you're doing it for the first time, it's hard to wrap your head around like yes. I'm going to buy a bunch of people dinner and that's a marketing expense, but it is. Um yep. in this case. And then that is going to have short-term and long-term benefits to your business. And then what like I just if I just keep doing that regularly, like once a quarter, once a month, if I'm lucky, I absolutely you'll see effects from it as your network grows, as word of mouth spreads. Suddenly, this seems very accessible. I like this idea of like the the recurring community dinner for the real like VIP customers that are local. Oh, That's yeah. Very and, cool. and Kurt, you know, what's the best part, too, is like think about so like when I was at Shopify, we ran the amazing meetup series. Right. And that was all about enabling the biggest brand advocates, our partners in certain major cities to be able to have them host and foster community locally. So that's where you get that more authentic touch points and like helping, it's helping those those partners, agencies, tech owners feel closer to your brand and feeling like an authority in that space, giving them the tools they need to actually say, oh, okay, like I'm, you know, I'm Shopify has like dubbed me as like this, this person in this in this community who I am the go-to. Like Kurt, you're probably like the top go-to person in, in the virtual space and the podcast space for Shopify as well, right? And that's that's a virtual space that you've built and owned in the community. And it's really cool but that you can be that authority there too. When and when someone else acknowledges it, and yeah. they, they they're holding up the mirror and going, that thing you were trying to do, we noticed and you did it. Yeah. And that's incredibly powerful because now that becomes part of your, you're like, oh, wait, that's your it's validation, it's confirmation, yeah. but now it's part of your identity, right? And like, that's what you want customers to take away is like, is hey, we appreciate, we see it, we appreciate it and <laughs> keep going yeah. by all means. <laughs> that's, 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 that you said it perfectly, their identity, it's about belonging. And I think that's where community really, that's when you've really hit the nail on the head there and felt like you're a part of like whatever that brand or that experience is trying to invoke. If you belong, like you're, you're not just watching that story unfold, but you're a main character in the story. That's when you have someone who is going to be a lifelong advocate and a big, a big fan of your brand and be a part of that for the long run. Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue, they don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. All right, so we go, we start with the dinner, which is easy. Then we do the meetup events, which I have hosted meetup events. There's, that's harder. It's, it's definitely hard. harder. People say um, it's so easy. They're just like, oh, let's just like do an event. And I'm like, cute. <laughs> Good <yeah>. for you. 
You could, <laughs> yeah, if you could just do that. Just do that. By all means. I, it's, it's, it's not impossible. It's just until you've done it a few times, you're like, oh, <laughs> there was a lot involved there. Oh yeah. It's, it's a lot, but you know, find the people that, or go to the, go to think about the last time you went to an event that really made you feel, feel special or feel, you know, there's so many out there. Um, or try attending something like a creative mornings or, you know, local events in your, in your area that are open to either e-commerce or, or brands, um, you know, take notes. What did you like and what didn't you like about that experience and take it. It doesn't have to be like a 150 person meetup. It can be your five top customers or consumers in, in the, in the area and just get them together and, you know, share an experience and learn learn what they're most excited about from you. And also like, you know, they're going to be grateful for the opportunity to connect with others. And so what are the, do we have any don'ts? It's like this, if you want to surefire do this wrong, here's what to do. <laughs> oh gosh. Every community is different, but I will say, don't, don't try to exploit the community. Don't, don't, don't try to make, I think community can be very sensitive as well to big changes in your brand or in your manifesto or in the way that you interact with them. Uh, if you're doing pricing hikes or something, like making sure that like folks are aware of the changes ahead of time. There's like a big communication component of this too. And like making sure that your, you know, your biggest consumers are like, hey, like we're changing our pricing soon. We're sorry. Here's the story. Honeypot did this really well recently, a brand based in Atlanta for women's health. And they sent me an email saying, hey, like, we're so sorry. Like a variety of things have happened. We had to change our prices. But like, and this is, again, wasn't necessarily like, community they weren't they were it was an email but I felt a part of their story because they were communicating to me about something authentically on why they had to make this big change so doing things and I've seen it done wrong in a lot of ways where you know like changing like a, a program or a model without doing it authentically and it coming off for the wrong reasons or narrating a story that doesn't align with the end goal and you just killed off the main character no that's not not how you do it. I'm liking this story analogy, but that's, yeah, I would kind of say there, that's a big no-no. He's not trying to, like, not trying to change too quickly, um, not trying to exploit, not trying to overcharge or make things feel too elitist uh, in a lot of ways, making it accessible as much as possible. Yeah, that's a tough part to balance. It's like, yeah. once it starts to get traction, now you need to make it accessible, but also like the, just the reality of it is like, you have to keep out bad actors like spammers. You know, you have people who are just going to show up to like sell and that's online and offline. And so like, that's a thing you have to worry about. And then you have to worry about, you know, everyone in the community needs to feel safe for it to work. Like you don't want like bullying and gatekeeping is a very easy thing to have happen in a community. It's like, well, you're not really a brand. You're not a really a fan because you don't know X, Y, and Z mundane detail kind of thing. And so like that, or that, that becomes part of moderation and a concern. Um, and I think it's like, you have to go in knowing like that there'll be, you'll have to make some difficult decisions on occasion, bring down the ban hammer. Oh, I've had to do that once or twice to people, you know, actually Kurt, <laughs> I know uh, no, I'm sorry but not um but that that's a tough one and that's where you have to make sure that your intentions are set on like what what and why you're either gathering in this space virtually or in person um and making sure that levels up to 
whatever your manifesto or whatever your brand purpose is. And that has to all kind of align and feel, feel good there. And yeah, there's always going to be villains in the story. There's always going to be bad guys. We got all, you know, that, that don't necessarily, not even necessarily bad guys. I think there's two folds here. It's like people who don't understand the purpose of the community and use it as like a venting space or as a space that is not collaborative and not creative. I'm here. I think communities are a great space for constructive criticism and feedback about whatever it is you're selling or doing, but it's not a, a dumping ground. It's meant to be collaborative. And as soon as it becomes a space where people, to your point, are just cold pitching or just not making sense or not aligned at all to the brand or to like what you're trying to accomplish together, then it's the boot. And that's that's good because that protects your other people and it makes it highly aligned to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you it you want to maintain quality over quantity. Like it 100%. really does not have to. I think there's this idea that like, well, if I can't build a community with 30,000 people in it, you know, it needs to be the size of a small city or I just shouldn't bother at all. And that isn't the case. Like if you had 100 true fans in a group, you will get to 1,000 true fans and if you have a thousand true fans, I mean that's it. That's all you need. That's it. Like from there, you could you could sustain uh, quite a lot just off that um, that loyalty and evangelism. Yeah, true fans. They're gonna refer you to all of their other friends that are. I mean, I, I have another brand I wrote down is Glossier, and like I love when I'm like you know doing my makeup with a girlfriend or something, and I see she has Glossier products because I just I know that story, and it's some of the, one of the first times I ever felt connected to makeup and a brand because they provided simple, simple, but like really high quality products and their experience in person. It takes me back every time they're, they're a very smart brand for that. And I think they're one of very, a few that also have a cool story where they started as like a content generator started as like a blog. Think about like all the celebrities that are now getting into like the, the CPG and like D to C game right now. Like they have this story and they have this this following already actually, but then you're able to make like real, like you're able to leverage that and turn it into loyal, loyal, loyal consumers. Now the one I'm surprised by does Apple have a community and engage in community building? I mean, okay. So as someone who used to work at Apple and I don't necessarily know their practices nowadays, but I was always very impressed with the way that Apple approached the retail game. So at the front of the store is the red zone. So that's like the that's the sales and product buying experience portion of the store. This is, Apple's very intentional with the way they build and do everything. And then the back of the store was the family room. And the family room was meant if you had a broken product or you had a poor experience, like your iPhone button stopped working, you go to the family room because it was all about care at that point. That's where the real, and the family room is where the real community building happened and that, that opportunity to help you feel connected to the brand and turn a bad experience into a better one. Uh, there was programming that I ran, that I helped run back there. Like we did like iPad 101 where able, people were able to like learn and connect from each other. They used to do a lot of really cool programming. And I think there's definitely a cult following for Apple. We can't deny that. I know people have like Apple tattoos and there's like, there's fans and the, but then there's, they, I think Apple tried and was one of the first to really build that retail experience where everything was out of the box and you could, you could tangibly touch it and you can have authentic conversations and you could show someone an iPhone and say, Hey Siri, what movies are playing nearby today and blow someone's mind because they were like, I, I never knew say, that was this a This is like 2012, their head would explode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, those kinds of surprise. So that goes back to like that surprise and delight, which like entices people and gets them excited about what you're, what you have. Um, and then there's that, what keeps them coming back is knowing that there is a community or a family room or some way that they can feel connected and become 
a continued part of that story and feel heard and listened to uh, when they're experiencing problems, but also come back and say, hey, I, I want to learn more. I'm hooked. I have my iPad now. I, all my grandkids are on it. How do I, you know, how do I edit these photos? How do I crop out this guy? Like, you know, what? how do I do this? So there's, there's excitement. And then that leads into, I think, continued conversation and the bit of that community aspect. But yeah. So if, if I'm a, a brand owner, I'm a Shopify store owner, and I want to start fostering community this, this month, what's my next step? What do I do? Like I go, I, I'm going to go on Amazon. I buy Culting of Brands. I'm going to read this. <laughs> what else? Okay. You, okay. Well, first of all, you have to know, okay. Take a, take an inflection point here. Start, start internally. Do you believe in, in what you're selling? Like think about what you're, what you're selling, why you started hone in on that storytelling experience. Do your employees and the people that you have employed, if you, and if you are a one person shop, more power to you, make sure that you believe and really resonate with the story you're telling and that you feel strongly about it. I remember when like example, Shopify's manifesto came out, make commerce better for everyone. That was a North star everyone could point to. Think about what your North star is. And once you have that really honed in, think about who in your customer base and you could pull this data or you could like think about it lethargically or like understand through social or whatnot, whatever, whatever following size you have, if you have your customers in front of you, who do you think resonates most with that? And maybe who even doesn't resonate most with that? Feel what is, what is the opportunity you have to connect with them and help them connect with each other? Is it a surprise and delight moment? Can you send them maybe a gift card or a special discount code? Can you, but then can you also say, Hey, like, you know, we're, we're going to be meeting at this spot, like find a location where they congregate in, uh, go to them. Like, you know, if, if you're selling candles, is there, you know, is the local bookstore doing like a, a reading club? You know, that seems like that could be someone somewhere where your audience is go ask them, you know, what, what they're buying for, for Thanksgiving for friends this year. Like there's, I'm rambling here a bit, but like it starts internally. And then I think what you need to do is think about the best way to, to share that story externally. And it don't it doesn't mean going to buy like a $10,000 dinner for people. It means like like just finding opportunities to find people where they are. Find you your customers. Tim Hortons. Yeah, you can go oh, to you meet them at Tim Hortons. <laughs> meet them. I mean, I love Timmy's. We talked about Starbies earlier today. It doesn't even have to be Starbies. Go to the Tim Hortons. Go go grab a or grab a coffee. Go and go chat with someone that you know is maybe your your first the person who first bought from you. Why didn't they buy again or like, like ask questions, feel engaged, feel excited, and know that what you're delivering for them is, is unique and special and that they want to be a part of that story and help them connect with you and also connect with others in the same way. I love that advice because a, a recurring theme on the show in the last several episodes has been, hey, please just, just talk to your customers. Just, <laughs> just find one and talk yeah. to them, you know, on Zoom, on the phone, at Starbucks, sorry, Starbies. And you... <laughs> Like the the amount of insight and empathy for the customer in the audience that you'll create doing that is hugely valuable. Like that really will will make or break you. Okay, uh, I am I'm feeling I'm feeling warm and fuzzy and inspired. Where can I learn more about you, my friend? Well, I'm on the Twitters uh, and on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, just Caitlin Teed, I think, is all my handles. I post a lot on Instagram. Uh, I also have my my website, CaitlinTeed.com, where I post really random things, uh, kind of like a, you know, whatever hat I decide to wear today. But one thing that I always hold true and that I really, it's really important to me is community building and 
making people feel authentic and connected to every little experience they have. So that's where you can find me. Wonderful. I will link uh, to all of that in the show notes, tap or swipe up on the short to get to it. This is fabulous. Uh, thank you, Caitlin Kurt. Teed, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kurt. I really appreciate you. This was really fun. Hold up. Stop what you're doing. Go log in your Shopify store. You there yet? Okay, check your apps. How many do you have installed right now? More important, how much money are you paying for those apps every month? Here's the reality. Most Shopify store owners are managing dozens of marketing apps, but you don't necessarily need all those apps to drive sales. That's why I recommend my friends at Privy. With the Privy app, you can take advantage of at least five apps in one. Manage all your website conversion, list growth, email, and SMS marketing all in one place. Yes, that also includes features like countdown timers, cross-sale campaigns, free shipping bars, abandoned cart emails, you name it, this thing is powerful. So save the time, money, and headaches from toggling between dozens of apps and get Privy today.